Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or visit amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free and catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. You are listening to Red Carpet Rendezvous with your host, Lauren Conlon. Hey friends, and welcome to Red Carpet Rendezvous. I'm your host, Lauren Conlon. So I love my guest for today, you guys. She's Donalyn Champlin, probably best known for her role as Paula in the beloved show Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. She is seriously so freaking talented and funny. She's been on Broadway, in dozens of films and TV shows, and I'm just a huge fan, and I followed her career for a really long time. So she's in two movies that recently came out during quarantine. One of them is Feel the Beat on Netflix, which is definitely a family-friendly film that centers around preteen dance competitions. Um, It sounds silly, but it's really great. And my daughter made us watch it a lot. And if you're a parent, you know what it's like to watch a movie over and over and over (laughs) with your child. And I am telling you, I swear, I did not mind watching this one. It's definitely one of the better family-friendly films. So the next movie is Yes, God, Yes, and that stars Natalia Dyer, or Nancy Wheeler from Stranger Things, Donna Lynn, of course, and Alicia Bow of 13 Reasons Why. Now you can rent or buy this movie on demand anywhere, and it's a great, easy watch. And I always talk about films being an easy watch, meaning you don't have to think, you're just purely entertained, and it's under two hours. So it's a coming-of-age story about this young Catholic girl who's conflicted with these sexual feelings that she feels like she should suppress, but she doesn't want to. Um, And this movie was just so nostalgic, like so early 2000s. They used a Nokia, those like brick cell phones, I totally had one. Um, AOL chats were there with, with AIM, and even the soundtrack was great. It had like Christina Aguilera uh, singing Genie in a Bottle. But um, so I do mention this in my interview, but one thing that bothered me slightly about the writing, um, and side note, Karen Maine was the director and the writer, and the story was somewhat autobiographical, is that I wanted the lead character, Alice, to just stick up for herself a little bit more. Um, I found myself yelling at the TV a lot, being like, Alice, say this, say that. Um, just, you know, handle the situation differently. So I said this to Donna Lynn in our interview, and she made an amazing point by saying, well, don't you look back at your high school self and think, oh, my gosh, I wish I said this differently or I handled this situation differently. And she's so right. I definitely think about that stuff sometimes. So she really opened my eyes, which I appreciated. Um, So anyway, Donna Lynn plays this strict, bitchy type of teacher um, at this Catholic school. And, you know, we all know those, those types of teachers. And she's so fabulous, as usual. So when I spoke with her on the phone, I was just so pleased with how easy our conversation flowed and how genuinely lovely she was. Just like 
so nice. Um, now, bear with me because the sound quality is not the best because there was this crazy storm in the tri-state area and in New England. So um, Donalyn sometimes breaks up a bit. And I was definitely walking around a room trying to find like a better spot so she would sound clearer. So just hang in there. If you hear her getting staticky, it won't last but a few seconds or so before well, I fix it. This is so amazing. Um, and I'm so, so sorry we had so much trouble Donald at first. Champion. But I wanted to tell oh, you, worries. first of all, that my daughter made us watch Feel the Beat like twice a day for a week straight. And I actually, so I, I no, I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. Like it was so good. She loves Sophia Carson um, from Descendants. So we, I mean, and you were, you were so funny in everything that you do. But um, I just wanted to tell you that just because that movie was great. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I'm really proud of it. You know, because I remember I read the script, and um, the char- that character is actually based on my actual dance teacher from a small town, from a small dance studio that got into the competition circuit. Like, I read that script, and I was like, holy shit, this is <laughs> actually, like, I know every inch of this world wow and um we had my studio had gone to that my studio was like a little new hope and when i was a kid and we sort of learned about competitions and you know how cutthroat they were yeah but my teacher is like you know dorian gray she has not changed an inch since i was a child Mm. And so that was sort of my ode to her. She has this incredibly huge, generous heart and is excessively positive, but incredibly deep and smart when you catch her. Right. <laughs> yeah. her to be, she's actually incredibly deep. And um, so I was just, you know, and I just thought Alyssa Down did such a, a brilliant job mm. of it you know and with kids like shooting with kids is so hard yeah i cannot even imagine there was like a million kids in that that must oh that must have been annoying yeah. actually oh sorry <laughs> they were you know it's just the rules around shooting with children like their yeah. days are so short that you know it'll be fun to tell your daughter mm. is any time in the in the rehearsal space or the dance studio yeah or at the competitions or anything. Any time that the camera is just on me and Sophia, yeah, there are no children. We are not looking at any children. We are looking at a bunch of exes because they would shoot all the the Ys with the kids, and then they would shoot all the POV, all the um, shots of the actual kids in the close-ups. Then the kids would go home, and then Sophia wow. and I that is so funny is it always like that with with films like that with, with kids yeah 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 because yeah. adults can work you know twice as long as the kids so they shoot the kids out they yeah. start them first thing in the day and then they shoot them out they use them for as long as they can and then the adults in there and you always notice that it's very rare that you know there's an adult with the with the kids Mm. if they can split it up with the adults on one side and the kids on the other that's done on purpose so that they can do the coverage of the kids and then send the kids home and the adults do that scene with with empty room yeah that is so funny oh my gosh and that must be better for you guys like work-wise i would imagine like without all the little kid whispers you feel like a mental patient. Like, <laughs> Sophia and I would laugh 
so hard sometimes, like at the end of the day, where it was just, we looked like mental patients. Like if you saw us from the outside, right. talking to nobody, you know. Yeah. So it's just, if you if she makes you watch it again, that'd be a fun little Yes. I thing. love, I love, love, love hearing things like that. So no, that's, that's yeah. great. Thank you. Um, now, sure. yeah, I just, I recently watched Yes, God, Yes, and I, um, I really, really liked that movie. I there was a few things that um, I guess writing wise I was a little confused about, um, but overall I would highly recommend that movie. I really enjoyed it, and and again, you are so interesting to me and so talented in in what you do, just comedically, because you don't even have to say anything, and especially in this movie it's just the faces that you make (laughs) that you're like you're so on and I don't know if you remember because I don't know how long ago you shot this but how long ago was it I think it was three was it three years ago I think it was yeah because I remember while we were shooting this I was constantly on the phone with Rachel Bloom's yeah assistant because we were trying to figure out the first when the crazy ex did um, you know, that little mini concert tour. Yes. I think the first one we did was between seasons three and four. And so I was mostly being on the phone with her assistant uh, trying to figure out, like, yeah. <laughs> random details like rehearsals and comps and what cities are we going to and, and all that stuff. And so, yeah, so that must have been three years ago. Yeah, that. it's so funny. Oh, my gosh. Well, yeah, you're a busy lady. Um, But you just – there's parts in this where, you know, you are – there was one part specifically, Natalia Dyer's filling out, like, a, a form or something – and you're trying to take it from her and she's not giving it to you. And you just, you give her this face and it's like, it's so, so funny. I don't know. It's just, it made me laugh. Like you made me laugh multiple times. Um, but do, were you friends? Yeah, no, really. Um, but were you friends with Karen Maine or did you, were you familiar with her work? How did you, how did you come across the script? No. It was, uh, uh, I put, I was, I think I was shooting season three of Crazy X and mm-hmm. the audition came in. I read the script and I loved it because of course I was raised raised Irish Catholic and I was very familiar with that world. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, all the religion class and the retreats and all that. Like I know that really well. And I loved I loved how the script was gray. Mm. You know, it was it wasn't like all against the church and it wasn't all for the church. It was nice and gray, which I love because life is gray. You mm-hmm. know, life is, you know, it rarely, I love it, I hate it. It's very much, you know, I like saying about it, but these things really bother me, especially, you know, with religion. Yeah, yeah. And, and what I loved about it is it didn't really make villains or heroes out of anybody. Mm-hmm. And that really appealed to me. And um, so I just put myself on tape. We sent the tape and they hired me. That's so I great. I think they might have seen my work in Crazy X. I think they were familiar with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I don't know for sure. But it was really just I put myself on tape and then I got the job. Yeah. And there wasn't, I mean, there wasn't really that many adults in it. Actually, the cast wasn't very large at all. It was a very small cast. Um 
but yes. that's so no that's so great I and I also loved I'm like why is your character randomly pregnant I don't really get that but maybe that you can explain last minute addition um I got to the set I had my co- my costume fitting and they were like oh by the way your character's pregnant and I was like what yeah <laughs> very last minute addition but I kind of loved it I and because it was last minute I I never really had a discussion with anybody about it but you know what I loved about it just as an actor Mm -hmm. is that Mrs. Vita is so clearly you know she's got all the lines your your body is like a gift from God you have to honor it yes basically saying sex outside of marriage is bad 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 Mm -hmm. but what I find funny is especially like in the very first scene where I meet her in the hallway and you've got that profile where you've got see my huge pregnant stomach. Yeah. <laughs> you know, virgin frame. And Mrs. Vita clearly has sex. Yes. And she, it's just that amazing mindset of something can be so filthy mm-hmm. to someone unless one thing happens, which is get married. Right. And then... It's, you know, the most beautiful, glorious, holy thing ever. And I kind of really, this is all my, I didn't really discuss this with Karen, but in in my mind, I kind of thought it was brilliant because you have this constant reminder, just looking at Mrs. Vita, that people have sex. Yeah. Exactly. And and you're so right. And, and nothing's fun yeah. about it, mm-hmm. but the visual of it is ever present. Right. Right. You know, and mm. I love that the most, one of the strictest characters, you know, in the, in the script. Yeah. Is one of who clearly Right. Right. Exactly. That's actually a really interesting um, way to look at it. And I I really like that take on it because I was like, hmm, I need to ask her why her character was randomly pregnant and why they don't even discuss it or really touch upon it. Um, But yeah, so my only thing I think with this is I wanted more um, from Alice, I guess. I wanted her, I wanted her to stick up for herself a little bit more and maybe you know that was just obviously that was the way that Karen Maine wrote the script was that Alice really kind of had her revenge so to speak at the end um well I don't want to give too much away but do you know what I'm saying where I just wanted her to tell off Alicia Bowe's character I wanted her to be like you know I don't know I wanted more from that that was missing for me but you know what here's the thing I I I agree with you but also I mean, this this was sort of autobiographical on Karen's part, Okay. I think, and mm-hmm. don't we always, I mean, how many times do you look back on your own junior high, high school experience and think, fucking hell, if I went back now, yeah. <laughs> if I could put my, you know, 49-year-old brain and soul into my 16-year-old body, and mm-hmm. I was in that position again... I would tell that person off. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You make a really good point. You weren't, you you didn't come into your own fully, I think, until, you know, well after college. Not you, but just, like, in general. Like, me, for example. In I, general. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's actually a really good point. So I um, of, yeah. I dig, I dig the fact that, um, you know, they, they didn't give her that, you know, hero climate yeah or whatever you know because I really do think all of us have those things in our youth where we look back and then we go Gee, I mean this happens to me as an adult you know <laughs> yes. I'll have a, a, you know an interaction with somebody and I'll walk away and five minutes later I'll be like god damn it I should have said that yeah 
no, you're right. Me too. Me too. And that, that actually, it's funny. You've, you've kind of changed my mind slightly just um, from what you said, but, and it's also funny because I was, I mean, that the time period was so relatable, like the soundtrack, like genie in a bottle and like the candy, the Mandy Moore song at the end. And just like the, the aim, I just remember going on to aim and my screen name was like all for JC, like, but not Jesus Christ. It was for JC from NSYNC. Um, but it's just so funny. Like that's what you do. Like, it's just, it was so, it was so accurate. It just totally brought me back. Um, so I am going to be recommending this movie for everybody. And I just, I'm so glad that, um, that you love it as well. I do. I really do. I was really pleased. Um, you know, and honestly, while I was shooting it, I, you know, I was nervous when I saw it because everyone was giving subtle, 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 beautifully subtle performances. Right. And I kind of got nervous and I was like, oh, shit, am I going to come off as the mustache twirly musical theater person who can't, like, do subtle? Oh, no. Are you kidding? about it because... If there is a villain, because mm-hmm. I mean, in any story, you've got to have somebody further enough in the, away from the gray and into the black so that your lead can can push. Right. There's got to be somebody for the lead to push against. Mm. And it couldn't be Tim, you know, because yeah. Tim had to be gray. That was what made him so beautiful. Yes. Such a beautiful character. Um, and so it kind of had to be me. Um, so I was just nervous, like, you know, sort of watching everyone sort of a little beautiful, subtle, and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, so is this something that crosses your mind? Like, do you, do you find, uh, that you have to tone yourself down a lot because you are so, um, from the musical theater world? No, no, not at all. Okay. Really, you know, it's funny when you, it's just like a joke to me that because I'm from the musical theater world you have a stigma. People from the musical theater world in casting mm-hmm. have a stigma on them for TV and film people because they assume, because our world is, of course, much bigger because we have to hit the back of an 8,000-seat house. Like, of yeah. course, we're going to be bigger. Of course. But the misconception is that people from theater or especially musical theater don't have to, you know, dial it down for on-camera work. It's completely false. But it's just, you know, so easy for people to say. Right. Yeah. No, totally. Totally. Um, so you don't want, you just didn't yeah, want to get well, to I that actually, place. I find theater people, uh, on the contrary, are um, incredibly good at on-camera nuance. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're so used to filling, filling everything to 100% emotionally correctly. Mm-hmm. Um that, you know, it's almost a, a relief to us to just sort of be. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. I can imagine. And it must be, like, a little bit easier on your throat that you don't have to project and sing. And you could just, like, like I feel like for you, doing a movie is like a break. <laughs> You're like, this is, like, a nice break you know for me. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It totally is. It's a yeah. walk in the park yeah. compared to each show. I know. And... <laughs> It's it's so funny because, like, if you have TV people who don't know anything about theater, they yeah. don't have any concepts. And until I, and I, as a theater person, have no concept of on-camera work. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny that it's not until you do both 
Yeah. Because um, look, it's, you know, TV and film have their own difficulties for theater people. Mm-hmm. It's a very, uh, you know, minuscule adjustments. You have to hit your mark, which is, you know, within within an inch of error. Yeah. Um, you know, there's hardly any rehearsal. There's, you, know, you have to do it immediately as opposed to having three out and you know yeah and and obviously I have to bring up crazy ex-girlfriend because everybody would literally kill me if I didn't but that show is like right in the middle because you get to use your obviously your musical theater chops and you get to um you know have the the break of just shooting straight TV, I guess. But the best thing about it, though, is like, if you're in a musical, right? If I'm in a Broadway musical, first thing I do when I wake up is I go, hmm. Yeah. And I I see where my voice is. Because, you know, your body is different. Your body goes, you know, you have days and bad days, sleep, no sleep. Sure. Menstrual cycle, no menstrual cycle. Yeah, yeah. But your body does on a daily basis. And so your whole day... Uh, you you constantly do or don't do Yeah. I mean, you, I miss that show so much. There was no other show that just made me laugh that hard, but, and then gave me my theater fix. Like, seriously, it was, it literally was one of the, I mean, honestly, I miss it so much. I remember there was this one song. I don't, I forget what season, but it was Don't Be a Lawyer. I think I played that video like over and over just because it, I, you know, half my friends are lawyers and I sent it out. Do you know what I'm talking about when it was like, when she oh, was, of yeah, when that she's working the pretzel. Sh- What's that? And just think about how how deep our bench was. That yeah, was, you know, Burl was like, I think technically a recurring, but I mean, our bench was yeah. so deep. And then you had Dad Danny Jollis's one, which was what you missed in high school. Like, oh yes! Uh, oh my gosh! They had these little gems that they just shot out to our bench, and yeah. they just. Yes, totally, totally. And you, I mean, there's, I'm sure you've seen these articles and, and I have to say it's true, but you are, you by far have the best vocals on that show. You are literally the hands down, the best vocalist. Um, so congrats on that. I mean, really, truly you are. 
they were good to me, though, too, the music department. Um, they, you know, I can only show vocals as far as the music they give me will allow. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was, I was very lucky that the songs that they gave me were so varied in musical styles that I was kind of allowed to show that versatility. Yeah. Um, you know, some, some other characters just didn't have that option. It's not that they couldn't do it if they had been given those songs. It's just, you know, that's not what the character called for in that moment. But I was really, I was sort of really lucky that because Paula was so three-dimensional and they kept throwing her in so many different situations, yes, which is an actor's dream, yes. that the music that they would throw me was also incredibly versatile, which just allowed me to just, you know, show off different chops. Yeah. Um, which yeah. I was thrilled to do. And I love the music department. And we all, we all, you know, we all miss Adam desperately. Um, I know. That's I so, know. Yeah, yeah, that was so sad. Um, yeah, to hear of his yeah. passing. Oh, my goodness. Um, do you, Very, um, yeah. Did you guys all keep in touch about that and, and get, well, actually, gosh, you couldn't get together. It was just during COVID, right? We did, yeah. We, oh. Well, um, Alina and Rachel gave us a heads up about, I think, I would say a week or a week and a half before he passed away. Okay. So that we would know. And then when he did pass away, <clears throat> Um, you know, it was nice. It was nice. We were told immediately it would have been really hard, but they, they just didn't want us to find out from like, you know, Rolling Stone. Of course. You know what I mean? They, yes. Rachel and Lee just really wanted us to find out personally from friends as opposed to like reading it on Variety. Yes. And okay. we did. And that was, uh, that meant so much to all of us. And then I think a week, a week after he passed, we all got on a Zoom together and you know, had our own sort of memorial, right? Memorial, I guess, where we just, you know, we just told stories about Adam. And Rachel had some scratch demos that none of us had ever heard, and she played a couple of those. Oh and, my gosh, that's so nice. You know, where Adam is sort of just like spitballing and talking and, and you know, singing stuff. And so, yeah, so it was as much as could be done during the pandemic of keeping us all in the loop, Rachel and Aline 100% did. And I, I will always be so grateful for that. That's so nice. And and just for people that aren't familiar, Adam, um, what was his full name? Schlesinger. Okay. And he, he wrote most of the music for Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Well, you know, it's hard to tell because the music team was Rachel and then Jackal and Adam Schlesinger. And they kind of kept it tight. Yeah. As to kind of who wrote what, because they all kind of, they wanted to keep, you know, they didn't want anybody to get more credit than others, because they all worked on the songs together. Okay. There are a couple of songs that, like, that Rachel straight up is like, this is 100% Adam, like, um, uh, Santino song, the Hey, West Covina. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was 100% Adam. Okay. Um, so, but, uh, you know, they all, they all really kind of felt it was important to just be a united front and just say this is from the music department, you know? Right. Oh, that's nice. That's really nice. Um, and, and very collaborative, which you, I guess you don't see as often now um, in, in Hollywood specifically because everybody always wants credit, I feel like. 
Um, well, I think it was also further that lesser as far as Eddie's were concerned. You know, oh, it was yeah. just going to get really dicey if they were going to submit, you know, these three songs and one of them was technically written by Adam and one of them was technically written by Rachel. You know what I mean? They just sure. felt that it was most important, especially for awards, to just always have the three names on the songs, no, right. matter, no matter what percentage of who did what. So that they could just be a united team. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's great. Um, now, speaking of the Emmys, are you going to watch this year, even though it's virtual? I don't watch. I, I, I don't for anything. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. You don't. I don't watch. I don't watch awards shows. I just, you know, I've seen how the sausage is made, and yeah. I don't regret anybody mm-hmm. any any attention or or um awards or I, I think it's wonderful when people are acknowledged and i'm i'm always i'm always happy for everybody um but i also know how the sausage is made and and that this is the tony it's, it's not um it's not exclusively like the oscars or the emmys i, I just can't I can't watch them. Yeah. Okay. No, I I understand to an extent. Um, I do a little bit, but I'm just having trouble this year because I love obviously the red carpet aspect. I love the interviews. I love the dresses and the the outfits. And I just, I love the, the live moments, I guess, that I really am going to miss this year. So it's too bad. See what they do. I do know that a memo went out to the nominees. I forget where I read this. Where they, they, I think they suggested that nobody should show up. You know, without makeup and in their jammies. That is so funny. If y'all could like, you know, just you know, look presentable, we'd really appreciate it. Which I thought was hilarious. Oh my gosh! But it's also like, don't tell everybody what to do. If they, you know what I mean. Now that we're in our own houses, you can't tell us what to do. I'd be like, yeah. Okay, <laughs> that's right. Like, I yeah, it felt like they were, you know, keeping up appearances, which I get. I get because glamour, glamour is a big part of these things. You know, it's that it's the it's the fishbowl looking from the outside in that people love. You know, and yeah. I get it. Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, then then but, be know. prepared to send me a makeup artist if you really want me to like look good. <laughs> That's what I would say to them. I mean, but <laughs> yeah, or a crew or something. I don't know. I mean, again, I'm not really in. I'm not really in those circles. Um, which you know, I'm okay. I'm almost fifty. I, I you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, wow. Okay. I actually I didn't know that. You look amazing. Um, not that like fifties old or anything, but you do. You you look really really good I, w- I would not have guessed that well thank you yeah you are welcome you are welcome um and you know what you shouldn't even tell your age because literally nobody would know I mean nobody would guess that yeah it's funny because of course my agents know and I'm sure casting people know my I'm 49 yeah you know and I, I know my age so the funny thing is is I get called in for women in their you know early to mid 50s and then I show up, and yeah. I look way too So it's an interesting sort of casting issue that, you know, I kind of look still late 30s. That's what I was going to um, say. You need to be going in for, like, late 30s. Not that I'm a casting director, but I would never put you in for, like, 50s. That's crazy. I mean, I don't yeah. know. Whatever. But just I mean, saying. Yeah. So it's, it's, 
it's it's interesting. It's an interesting sort of conundrum casting wise. That on paper, yeah, I I should look older, but in reality, I don't. And so it's the person I end up getting are the parts of like moms with young children, which I am. Yeah, but I mean, or you know, child childbearing. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Um, like in Yes God, yes, you're walking around with okay, a, guys, a nice pregnant belly. Thanks for listening. And again, if you're bored, you should totally rent Yes God, yes. I rented it on Amazon Prime for $6 worth every dollar. Um, and feel the beat on Netflix. Okay, if you like this podcast, please subscribe and rate on Apple. And until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Red Carpet Rendezvous. Until next time. Until next time.